there's no doubt that the old politics of the two-party system is now gone and over. I don't need lectures from you or anybody on, on the Sinn Féin side of the house. We're very reluctant to kind of say what's red lines, but, but we do have to take climate seriously. There's going to be constant criticism, there's going to be a lot of disappointment, and whoever goes into government is going to be unpopular. Okay. Hello and you're very welcome to Your Politics, and with me here in Leinster House, our politics team today of Paul Cunningham, Sandra Hurley and Michal Lahan. Uh, and as we speak at four o'clock on Thursday, the fact of the matter is the lattice lasted longer than Liz Truss. It most certainly did. And um, they were pretty quick about it. The star, the English star had been running this online video up on YouTube. And no sooner had Liz Truss announced her departure than the little photograph, which had been pictured right beside the lettuce suddenly disappeared. So the lettuce won. First ref, uh, mentioned, it has to be said, in The Economist. But um, it was sort of indicative of how effectively the Trust administration had become a joke in a sense that this just couldn't last any longer. And eventually it all broke. And um, she announced in a very brief um, statement on the steps of um, Downing Street that she was heading off, but also that her replacement would be arriving very quickly within a matter of a week. So just what's going to happen next? You know, the drama continues. It certainly has been a week of drama, Sandra, and, and farce almost in, in the House of Commons. Um, but the market's in control, really, at the end of this, I suppose. Yeah, I think there's a, a lesson here that if you do some sort of mini budget and if it's not funded, all those tax cuts, and it hasn't been independently costed, the markets don't trust you. You're in big trouble. And the markets this morning have recovered. So the pound is up against the dollar and uh, guilt yields are down. So it shows uh, really that you you simply can't drive through that type of agenda without having it uh, independently monitored. Big question, of course, is what comes next. So there's going to be a le- very quick leadership election, somebody in place probably by perhaps Friday of next week. It's all going to be done in a week. We're not sure yet the extent to which the membership are going to be consulted. Uh, Sir Graham Brady, the chair of the 1922 committee, said they would be consulted. It's going to have to be some sort of online thing. They don't have time for a postal vote, but would they change the rules a little bit? I wonder to dilute their influence because some would see that as one of the problems from the last time. What do you mean? Well, I think if the MPs had chosen, we know that Rishi Sunak would now be the PM. He certainly wasn't in favour of the the trust agenda. He warned that it was going to cause massive problems. So will the Conservatives try and do something where they change the rules? They can change the rules, but it would probably offend a lot of members as well. I mean, we saw some remark just looking at the figure of Liz Truss this week. I think one of the most remarkable things, Michal, was that shot of her sitting in the House of Commons. She had not turned up. She'd sent a deputy in her place, Penny Mordant, because she was apparently meeting Graham Brady on Monday and then she rocks up into the Commons and just sits there blinking for half an hour. It was it reminded me of one of those scenes towards the end of the Cowan government when you were looking at a government that was in office but not in power. Yes, even though this seems to be more of her own making compared to that administration, there had been years of problems mounting up and then ultimately international intervention uh, that really forced the hand of that particular government. So much of this seems to be self-inflicted. Uh, the particular vision that was set out. And I suppose from an Irish perspective, kind of the feeling here, and Bertie Hearn is in the House, he was in speaking uh, at the Good Friday Committee, that there needs to be, from an Irish perspective, a kind of a middle-of-the-road candidate that would come along, someone like Sunak perhaps, but equally no guarantee of that, such as given the riven nature of the different factions uh, within the Conservative Party. And of course, fairly strong and blunt language from the Taoiseach too in Brussels, where he talked about the need to have a successor in place swiftly. 
as other uh, leaders of, of countries go, that that is a fairly strong statement to make and, of course, shows the weakness and the instability. Yeah. And just, you know, in terms of all of that, and obviously when we see who the leader is, we'll we, we talk more about that then. But they have, you know, when we were in this fix, the Troika came in. Yeah. Where's the Troika for the UK? Well, that is Brady. I mean, to a certain extent, the chairman of the 1922 committee, well, the markets, backbenchers, the, the conservative. But, well, well, I think that's IMF already settled. Twice and that yeah. really caused mm. huge problems and huge upset as but well. But they've already reversed all that. Hunt has come in and effectively dismantled virtually everything that Still caused the problems in the first place. Find, don't they? But on that critical issue, if you talk about stability, that critical issue that Sandra mentioned is to what extent is the membership which uh, wanted Truss going to now be involved in appointing her successor? And given we're hearing straws in the wind that big Boris Johnson wants to come back in the national interest, I mean, that is a fascinating possibility, but it's the rules that Sandra put her finger on. It's the rules that are going to determine whether that's possible or not. And some sense that if it is an electronic vote of some uh, form, uh, not the Pion Louis, as Bertie would say, uh, could that open uh, up a potential threat? I mean, could, could a, a foreign actor uh, intervene and, and do damage in relation to that vote? I think that, that there is a concern about that, if that were all to happen very swiftly. And that would be a good reason to exclude the members and just limit it to the MPs. So maybe we've solved it there for them. <laughs> My head is wrecked with all of this. Let's come back to Irish politics. But it's Russia, isn't it? I'm worried. Someone had to say it. Okay, we leave international but affairs. Just, just on the final point, though, yeah. the day that Boris Johnson departed, I mean, the text that was going between ministers was with anyone but Liz Truss. I think anyone but Suella Braverman would be the feeling right now. Or Boris. Yes. Or Boris. Like the fee- the, as it stands, the view here, accurate or not, for the moment, is that Boris is having the crack with this. Yeah. That could be wrong. So, uh, bookmark that. <laughs> Housing, of course, has been uh, one of the big issues uh, of the week. We have the new central bank lending rules. Uh, we have the evictions, the temporary and limited ev- evictions ban uh, being brought in. Uh, and also homelessness numbers. Cabinet getting briefings on the fact that many local authorities, they're full to capacity uh, in terms of emergency housing. Or we, yeah. we know it's the same for asylum seekers. So give us your take on, on all of that. I'd say if you want to maybe um, look at the question of evictions, because that's going to be an immediate thing. So according to the Taoiseach Michael Martin, once um, the new legislation is enacted, which we expect November the 1st, that means you can't be evicted from a house. Either A, if someone tries to evict you after that date, or B, if an eviction notice is in process. So for example, if you were due to be evicted on November the 16th um, of November, then it's not. it's going to be paused until... Um, the end of March. And even then, it isn't immediately going to happen on April the 1st. There's going to be a staggered approach um, run by the uh, Tenancies Board, which is going to push that um, those dates for some people into the end of June. But in the Doyle today, Richard Boyd Barrett of People Before Profit, he was questioning what happens to people who already have a, a notice. Um, it runs out maybe on October the 30th, but can't find another place to go. Are they going to be protected or not? Or are they effectively going to be made homeless? So you can just see how even though a big move has been made, there's plenty of political friction still on that uh, uh, issue alone. And how much friction is there between Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael at this stage over the housing issue, which, you know, Dara O'Brien had this big plan. That this You know, it was the big issue at the last election, Sandra still the big issue. Yes, and I think there seems to be a, a bit of a nervousness between Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael over this. Yes, they've been telling us the commencement numbers are up, the pipeline is good, all of this, that we're going to see the houses coming through. 
but they seem you need a pipeline. But they seem to be jostling up against each other, and seems to be slight disagreements about exactly how to approach the eviction ban as well. That has been delayed for so long. The people I felt sorry for were the unsuspecting commuters on Dawson Street on Tuesday morning, who were surrounded by nine Finnegoilers, including six cabinet ministers and a number of journalists, because Finnegoil were out canvassing, telling people what was in the budget, and that was a bit of an odd event, I think, because that's the type of thing you see during a general election campaign. Obviously, they're out selling the budget. But I think it speaks to that nervousness between the parties about making sure that they position themselves within the coalition and that they don't cede ground to the other parties. I mean, it did seem on that eviction ban that that was something um, Micheál Martin was flexing his muscles as Taoiseach. Fianna Fáil idea, we're going to do it and you're just going to have to get on with it. So there was grumblings yeah. within Fine Gael, but this was led from the top. Oh think? yeah, because I, th- I think even the Cabinet, uh, Leo Varadkar did apparently uh, say that there should have been greater discussion in advance of the Cabinet meeting about this. Uh, of course, there wasn't the usual meeting of the party leaders the night before, uh, but I think that was a pointed remark in its own way. And it is ironic in some senses because I felt the week before there was kind of a, a sense within government that Fine Gael are aware that Dara O'Brien in all likelihood is going to remain as housing minister. They know that because they essentially viewed Michal Martin anointing him uh, in the role once again uh, when the changeover happens in December. But they did; they do seem to want to align themselves uh, to the housing issue somewhat, such as their nervousness about it, whether that's brainstorming at parliamentary party meetings or beginning to talk about it more. One, well, one caveat on that was, even though the leaders didn't meet, um, government sources were saying that uh, they did discuss things on the phone. So from the Fianna Fáil side, there was a sense that um, there was an opportunity for any issues to be raised and discussed prior to the cabinet happening. We're getting an awful lot of schemes, you know, and we have new lending rules now and uh, and all the rest. And Dara O'Brien saying that'll help uh, renters with schemes affordability in terms of in terms of buying. But 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 it's all chasing limited supply and yeah. the supply pipeline, as you say, the pipeline is very important. That's not coming half as fast. It's a bit like energy demand yeah. as as the demand is growing. And the demand is growing because twenty five thousand homes are going to be built this year. But the Taoiseach saying it has to go beyond what's in the plan of thirty three thousand a year. That that has to go up now to thirty five. So the the scale of the challenge is actually getting bigger. Somewhere within that, there does seem to be a sense, perhaps this wishful thinking, uh, futile optimism within government that this at some point towards the end is going to come right. But of course, it was always going to come right for Owen Murphy too, until it didn't and he went to the UN. But an argument if you're in government for staying the course, isn't it? Oh, clearly. And just on the eviction ban, I was going to say one of the issues with it is the opposition has been pointing this out. It buys time. But all those people facing eviction are going to be facing it again when the eviction ban runs out. So what is, where is the plan? Mm -hmm. That's 2,275 homes is apparently the exact figure. Yes, from from the RTB. So where is the plan? They say they're going to ramp up more schemes, more initiative initiatives, but we haven't seen this spelled out. And Richard Boyd Barrett, I think, put his finger on that in the doll earlier this week when he said, well, what are they going to do? We haven't heard what they're going to do within this breathing space. And that's all it is. No, it's pushing out the problem. The only one point that was raised was that the fact that local authorities do have the option of buying homes if tenants are on the verge of being uh, evicted, uh, that there is greater flexibility, but whether that would be large scale or not. About 650 homes almost purchased so far in that. Interesting too that Owen O'Brien mentioned in the context of trying to do something in the next five months that modular homes should be looked at for people who are facing eviction. That's the first time we've seen that in relation to the this housing crisis rather than uh, providing accommodation for people seeking refuge here. The diff- only difficulty with that is that we've been talking about modular homes for a long time. We've talked about modular homes in the context of Ukrainian um, visitors fleeing the Russian invasion still haven't arrived. Energy, pay as you go. Have they got an answer to that one yet? Um, no, not really. It's something that's still um, 
at issue. I mean, it was notable that Piers Doherty raised the issue in the Doyle today's Thursday and he got to his feet to interrogate the um, Transport, Energy, Environment, Climate Action Minister Eamon Ryan. And you could see like a, a difference of policy. Um, Eamon Ryan was saying the government's views the best way is to try and get cash into people's hands and allow them, therefore, spend it themselves. And um, what uh, Pierce Doherty was arguing is that it is just simply wrong, particularly in people who are paying as they go, to let them have to effectively cut themselves off because they don't have the resources and saying that you have to act, you have to act more speedily and when you can't allow it to get to that stage. So there's a big difference in policy and yet we haven't learned too much about how the government is going to uh, try and deal with that. There's lots of talks going on, but I haven't heard anything new. Yeah, it seems to have been going round for the, the last few weeks. The Taoiseach did give this guarantee that people weren't going to be cut off or self-disconnected or whatever the phrase is, but we haven't seen that spelled out. And I think that's where the opposition sees the weakness and they keep pressing it, Sinn Féin, in that motion, bringing it up in the doll several times this week, uh, mm -hmm. people before profit and others as well. And we, we simply haven't got the answer there. But the big thing is, of course, with pay-as-you-go, it's not about, you know, avoiding disconnection. It's about getting connected mm -hmm. in the first place. I've, you know, various politicians already talking about individual cases of people uh, going without power. And the opposition, Michal, saying the minimum you have to do in this situation for pay-as-you-go customers, the minimum is €100 Euro credit yeah. so that they know they've got that cushion. Yeah. They're saying we'll probably need to be a lot more. Yeah, and government have really backed away from that in the last 48 hours. Both the Taoiseach yesterday and Minister Eamon Ryan today saying that St. Vincent de Paul has told them that that could lead to families getting into greater debt. So instead, it's about somehow getting cash payments through, as well as that, the rules around changing from pay as you go back to bill pay, that €200 Euro charge has been slashed. At the same time, there does seem to be a group of people on pay as you go that are there because they struggled with bills in the past. Uh, so that, that presents another issue. Um, you learned something about data centres and energy credits today, Paul. Yes, um, there was going to be a news conference by the Finance Minister, Pascal Donoghue, in relation to the Finance Act, and that was going to have an element on that issue. But suddenly it became something bigger because, as we remember, Pascal Donoghue is also president of the Eurogroup. So the opening is comments... He? That's Michael Magrano. <laughs> <laughs> but the open comings related to Liz Truss and referring to the strong bonds that tie Ireland and Britain to, to, um, together and the expectation that those will continue under the next Prime Minister, whoever he or she might be. But when it came to data centres, the question which was put to Pascal Donoghue was whether or not data centres will be able to qualify for the government's new business energy scheme to assist uh, companies getting over the energy. Um, this was hump. part of the finance bill today. Exactly. And um, it was funny insofar as maybe the question hadn't been asked um, before, but uh, it was asked today. And um, basically the finance minister was saying that equality had to apply, that they weren't going to be excluding companies um, that they were just as entitled as anyone else to apply. But he did say that there was a cap and that cap meant that in his estimation, it wouldn't be of much value to um, data centres. And so... So you could apply, but you wouldn't really get it. Or you could apply um, if you wanted to, but you mightn't, it mightn't be worth your effort. 10,000 um, euro a month, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then 30,000 if you're at multiple locations. Yeah. yeah, so it depends on the scale. But the other thing he said, which might be of more interest to the broader uh, business community, which was that if you have signed up to the scheme by mid-November, so around now, you should should, not will, should get um, cash coming from the first week in December, but it definitely would happen before Christmas. So that's the Did timeline. Did you give an indication about how much it's now going to cost? Because they're bringing in all these professions, the dentists and doctors and accountants and lawyers who said they had been excluded and that surely is going to 
um, make it absolutely enormous. He may well have given the figure, but I had to scurry outside to file yeah. copy in relation <laughs> to Liz Truss. Yeah, Neat. yeah. Neat. News, de- news desk first. Exactly. And the windfall taxes would be paying for that, isn't that the the plan? Uh, yeah, Some if we state. ever get them, Europe seems to be dragging its heels on all of these uh, joint solutions. Michal, has uh, Pascal come up with uh, the fudge that will solve all the backbenchers' problems with the concrete blocks levy? I think so. Yeah, that's it's sensible is how it's been described. So cutting the rate from 10% to 5%, not including the precast products, uh, which are largely exported and also not introduced yet until next September, seems to have been sufficient. So as well as cutting the levy, also cut the revenue from 80 to 38. 80 to 32, yeah. 32 million yeah. a year. But yeah. they've kept the principle. The principle the is important. But and it's going to be there forever it, by the sounds of but it. But I'll if you've yeah. got a bill which is somewhere approaching 6 billion uh, and you're getting 32 million a year, mm. so there could be Would quite a number of years interest? before you're going to be able to pay back that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sandra, tell us what's the story with Mark McSharry and the delay in his readmittance to the Fianna Fáil Parliamentary Party. Yes, well, last night uh, Fianna Fáil members uh, of the Parliamentary Party were gathering. They expected that Mark McSharry would be readmitted. It had been set in motion over the previous weeks, but apparently he got a call about half an hour before to tell him that a complaint had been made against him uh, and that because there was a procedural issue, it couldn't go ahead. Now, there's a lot of disquiet in the party around this. A full explanation wasn't given apparently at the PP meeting last night. Somebody said to me it was like using a battering ram. They're trying to keep him out of the party. That's the view of some because, of course, he is a a very outspoken critic of Micheál Martin and of the leadership. And there is that constant rumbling in the background of those who are unhappy with Micheál Martin and who might feel at some point that they would like to make a move against him. And Mark McSharry would have swollen those ranks. So some feel that Micheál Martin may try and keep him at bay for a little while longer, if possible, but certainly he will be back, I think, over the next while. Thoughts on? Well, I think Mac McSharry, the way Paul McGraw was the first name on the team sheet for Jack Charlton, if fit, Mac McSharry is the first name on the team sheet in any heave. You build a team around that. Micheál Martin knows that. That's the reality. <laughs> so for all those reasons, it's not ideal, uh, but he is a, a member still of the wider party and his return, in his own words, is inevitable. For the leadership, though, there could come a problem here quite soon if it's seen uh, to be putting too many obstacles in the way of Mark McSharry. Could that sour things uh, to such an extent that that real unease begins to build? I think it's right on the brink at the moment. That's my sense of it as well, is that there would be people who would be friends of Mark's or be politically aligned in the context of Micheál Martin. But there's a broader block in the middle. And there was just a sense last night from the people I was talking to that this wasn't fair and that the procedures weren't being followed and there was conjoining of two events. One was him returning to the Parliamentary Party and the other was dealing with the complaint against him and that wasn't appropriate. So I think there's a short timeline on this one. I think it's going to have to be cleared up one way or the other. He can be a bit of a black sheep, but he's their black sheep. Yes. And so far keeping keeping his silence on this one. Yes. Unusually. Yep. Very quiet. <laughs> there are two other issues that we can't ignore this week before we wrap up and I let you go. Um, the Thornishta's fridge and uh, the leak in the Shannad. I'll do the leak. You do the, you do the fridge. Yeah. I, just, I don't know what the fridge I didn't even, I don't, I, just, I don't know what the fridge is about. A lot of protein, apparently. Yeah. I don't 
comfortable. A lot of beans, I think, in Tupperware and some food prep, and uh, it has garnered some comments all right. It just seems sometimes when politicians venture into that personal arena in between the political tweets that are clearly done by their staff, they put out something personal. It's very difficult to get the tone right, I think, uh, and to really kind of appeal to people in a broad way. And I'm not sure this one, the Tupperware, uh, uh, got through. Put the lid on. Put the lid on. That's this crap, you know? (laughs) It did seem funny that... um, he was his meal planner was quite far ahead. It wasn't like sort of three days. It was a good week, and it didn't seem as if there was cha- all that much change in it. Yes, I was would concerned you like to eat him. the same beans five days in a row? <laughs> Just remember to keep putting the lid on, Paul. That's yes. what the do you know too, Leo has put it on the doll record, Leo Radker, in the past that when he was Taoiseach, he got rid of biscuits out of government buildings. So there will be no biscuits either. It will be that. And the Taoiseach prefers fruit, isn't that right? Yeah, there was never an issue there, isn't it? The whites <laughs> of eggs and fruit and stuff. All right. Green the leak, tea. The leak. Come back to the leak. Enough of the green tea. Yeah. And lettuces. Oh, the leak. Um, but you yes. think the full, uh, full omelettes again, isn't he? <laughs> Michal Martin has returned to not just the whites of eggs omelettes. But he did have full boiled eggs when he was watching Cork play hurling. I yeah. thought it was a chickpea salad. Anyway, back to the yeah, I, I think we're yeah, we're yeah, we're off we're, getting we're, to the we, architecture. We Enough no, for years so, there yeah. was an omelette in the a special omelette, wasn't Stop. there? It there was in the doll canteen for Michal Martin, which just had the white What have you been drinking in your tea? <laughs> 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 but in recent <laughs> times, such as the nutritional advice of the moment that he goes back, he's the full proper omelette now. <laughs> he's the full yolk. Yeah. Anyway, back to leaks. Give me a bar of chocolate. So there was thunder and there was lightning and there was also torrential rain in the capital and but all sort of hammered down on top of um, Leinster House and the first sign we had of a problem was um, Cahill Crow, the Fianna Fáil TD um, from County Clare took out his phone and was able to show the plop, plop, plop drops of water landing onto the Doyle carpet. No sooner had we reeled from that particular news than um, there was words coming through that um, there was also rainwater falling on top of seats in the Shannons. The upper house. The upper house and now there's a difference even though they're on the same level <laughs> but there is a difference here and the difference is this, is that in the Shannons that had been extensive work had been undertaken, I think around 18 million euro. Um, and so the question was, how in a couple of years could a leak have arrived at? But what we were told from the Oireachtas authorities that there was um, a drain which had been clogged with leaves and they have now been cleared. Oh yeah, leaves at this time Things don't often get clogged in the Shannons legislation. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, not anymore. Anymore. <laughs> Well, I think we've given you leeks, we've given you lettuces, we've given you green tea and whole egg omelettes and banning biscuits. Uh, So probably that's enough for one week. Just Um, as well the shattered wasn't a serious (laughs) structural problem because Patrick O'Donovan would be the minister in charge. And we've given you Michal Lahan. We've given you Michal Lahan and that's quite enough from him for this week. So from all of us on the Your Politics team, uh, who knows what we'll be talking about next week. From all of us till next week. Goodbye. (laughs) 